Hey friends, Tom Johnston here. Welcome back to the Way of the Master podcast. Glad you could join us. We are on episode 17, which I've entitled Opportunity and Engagement in the Age of COVID. You know, I shared uh, a couple weeks ago about uh, paying the cost for Kairos. Um, and I quoted Ephesians 5.16, where Paul says, make the best use of the time for the days are evil. Older translations used to say, uh, redeem the time for the days are evil. And the whole idea in this passage is, you know, buy back the time, pay the price that you have to, to utilize the time um, for the kingdom and for extending uh, the kingdom through the gospel message. Uh, because, man, it's pretty evil out there. And so Paul was saying that in his day 2,000 years ago. And today in our culture, we're living that out as well. And really, what we've learned uh, in this whole uh, uh, time of the pandemic, and now we hope we're moving beyond it, yet it looks like there's another wave of variants uh, emerging. You know, what we've, we've kind of learned uh, is that, you know, a lot of the things that we relied upon to do ministry, uh, kind of more process-oriented or programmatic or large meeting focus, um, really, you know, uh, kind of fell apart. And we, we all went to uh, Zoom meetings and live streaming, and, you know, our, our church was engaged in all of that in some ways before uh, COVID. But uh, it pushed us all there, and it really, it really kind of showed us what was real and what wasn't. And I think we're in a we're in a time now where, uh, in this kairos, and you know the opportunities that are arising as God moves very strongly uh, in our moment of time, is the opportunities that He presents require engagement in 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 the form of an immediate response. And, and usually what that looks like is uh, the direct engagement with an individual or with a couple or with a family. So it's, it's driven by much more of a relational dynamic, an individual dynamic, a smaller group dynamic than what we normatively have relied upon in the past. So there's this move where God's, God's, you know, doing stuff and we have to respond to it. So there's been all these changes that have been, that have been brought upon the Western church due to COVID and then also the cultural shifts that's going on and, and just the, the, the change in the social value structure of what people are really thinking is important today. All of it is, is really challenged the institutional aspect of our church and the historic programming and processes that we've used. And so there is this real move that God is up to. And, and with that, we need to return to a direct engagement with people uh, through the Jesus uh, rabbinical mentoring process that, you know, that I, I kind of have camped on for the past 15 years. But it's really, it's really come to light that if we're going to do what, you know, Jesus said he did in John 5, 19, where he said the, the son does nothing on his own accord. He only does what he sees the father doing. Whatever the father does, the son does likewise. I mean, it requires an immediate and direct response and engagement with people, 
when God shows us the opportunity, when something arises, we have to we have to engage directly. And that engagement is no longer just kind of moving people into a class or a program or a group, but really drilling down deep with them as an individual or maybe as a couple or maybe as a family and really addressing the things that they're dealing with and uh, really taking the opportunity of the work of the Holy Spirit that's going on there and partnering with him. And so, you know, kind of rather than waiting and trusting the old church systems and processes, we've got to respond and take action now as the Lord makes us aware of the opportunity in someone's life. We, we have to act now. We, we can't wait. Um, it's, it's much more of a dramatic moment of, of you know, as Jesus says in, in uh, Matthew 11, where he's talking about John the Baptist, that since the time of, of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom has been, has been advancedly, uh, f- sorry, um, f- advancing forcefully and forceful men lay hold of it, that, you know, the kingdom's breaking in. And Jesus said, like, John, you got to lay hold of it. You got to be passionate. You got to be you got to be active. You have to be dynamic. And so if we really want to see the kingdom come in people's lives, we've got to take action. And I think that as we look at Jesus's process of engagement with people in the discipleship and the leader development process, we need to uh, kind of camp down on this and, and respond. You know, about, oh boy, it's probably been 15, 15 years ago now, uh, I was involved, my wife Kathy and I, we started a um, church plant that was an intentional house church network. So there were six couples all together and we started working with them and we started a cluster of house churches that were, were you know, networked together and it was great, went fantastic. We had a little bump in the road during the Great Recession where people uh, moved out of the area to take jobs. So we lost leadership, but we lost members. And and so uh, we were in the midst of kind of rebuilding that when the Lord led me to um, respond to a denominational request to take an existing church, which is the church I'm pastoring now and have pastored for nine years. But uh, what we learned during that time of that experiment in house church was this real depth of engagement with people. And, you know, the conversion growth rate of the church was 90%. There was one one or two couples that had come other than our team uh, from that were Christians that came in. So, you know, we had 60, 70 people that had all come to Jesus in the context of relational evangelism and discipleship. And so uh, the direct engagement uh, with these folks, uh, based on the opportunities the Lord presented to us, was really key to what was going on there. And uh, we found that through COVID, all that stuff's still true. It's still it's still the Jesus way. And now, you know, when, when we did uh, take this new position, we actually merged in uh, the house church into a, a declining and dying church. And utilizing that kind of engagement catalyzed a massive transformation and shift and change in that church. And that church is growing and we're multiplying. We we planted churches. We've done building projects. I mean, it's just been great. Uh, we've sent out leaders all over the place. But uh, it was that direct engagement in the Jesus way with people that were key. So I, I think there are four uh, critical skills I want to talk to you about today that help you with that. And 
And these are four of seven critical skills in Jesus's mentoring methodology. I want to talk specifically about these uh, four today. And um, I, I think they relate to the time and space that we're in with uh, what we're dealing with with COVID. And so we, we can look at these skills and I think they have direct application to taking advantage of the opportunity the Lord is presenting us with. So four skills, uh, let me give them to you. Intentional listening, multidimensional relational presence, a high situational awareness, and then effective uh, dialogue facilitation. Okay, so let's jump in on the first one, intentional listening. So Jesus was super good at this, and he uses intentional listening as a means of drawing out the people that he's discipling, the people that he's called to himself. And the scripture says in uh, Proverbs 20, verse 5, the purpose in a, heart, in a man's heart is like deep water, but a man of understanding draws it out. And so you really have to listen to someone. You have to hear their story in order to understand where they're at and what they're dealing with. And, and a lot of times, um, we, in, you know, in the past, I've, I've watched pastors just kind of take a snapshot idea of what someone needed and put them in some kind of class or some kind of program or gave them some kind of thing to do that they thought that would actually, you know, help that person become a disciple. And, and usually it was pretty low intensity. There wasn't a lot of expectation. The pastor wasn't necessarily expecting a lot to come out of it, but they really weren't listening to where that person was at or what the person's need was. They were, they were, you know, maybe they're just overwhelmed from having to deal with a lot of people, a lot of need, but they didn't, they didn't necessarily hear the person and they would then just kind of place them in, in the machine, so to speak, as opposed to do a deep dive with them and find out what's going on. So, you know, Jesus used a lot of questions. He drew people out. He got at the issues of, the, of their hearts, uh, the things they were dealing with internally, uh, understood the circumstances of their life, and then he would address it. And uh, I mean, it's crazy enough, but he, in Mark 10, 51, he even asked a blind man who approached him for healing, what, you know, Jesus said to him, what would you have me do for you? <laughs> the guy's like, I'm thinking, you know, he's thinking, well, Jesus, the eyes, but Jesus was so honoring of this guy and so wanting to know where he was really at. Um, he, he asked him, like, like, what are you looking for here? What do you want me to do? And so he took time to intentionally listen so he could know where this guy was at, so he could respond to his need. So, yes, that's going to take us time. It's going to mean that we're going to have to be in proximity with people. And let me, let me tell you something. The more God is moving in my local church here and in the work I'm doing with pastors of other churches, the more time I'm having to spend engaged with individuals and couples. That uh, And it's not, it's not like crisis management. It's not like just dealing with problems. It's, it's more bringing people to wholeness, bringing them into breakthrough. And there's this quick transition that's taking place of moving people into mission. So they're getting a new degree of wholeness. They're getting healing. Uh, they're having power encounters in the Holy Spirit. They're being empowered with the Spirit and spiritual gifts and new understandings and new realities. And uh, they're moving into mission. And so that requires a lot of time of listening. And so uh, he really, really focused on listening. So that's, that's skill number one that I think is essential 
for the era we're in. And that means you got to ask a lot of questions, got to drill down deep. Can't just take it at face value. The second thing is um, he had this kind of multi-dimensional relational presence. So his other awareness was so good that he could be with a lot of different people at the same time in different ways. So he could be with his disciples uh, and addressing their needs in the moment, as same as rebuking the Pharisees, same as speaking to the crowds, same as recruiting new disciples. And so he could effectively speak to one while speaking to all of them. And all the while moving them in, a, you know, he's moving in and out of various relational environments, whether it's like big meetings, Sermon on the Mount, or small meetings with his disciples, he was able to recognize um, that, you know, this is where these different people were at in the process of coming into his kingdom. And so the rabbinical process required relationship to foster kind of the learning and the maturation that people needed. And he was able to have that different kind of relationship with people uh, simultaneously um, and at various degrees of intimacy and intensity. So it wasn't always as intense. It wasn't always super intimate, but he could always be there to be touched and, and to touch. And so I think this is a kind of a key thing, a key skill that integrates the entire way of discipleship, the entire way of Jesus together. So you can be having a conversation with a person one-on-one -on -one and speak to them in a certain way. And yet through your sermon on Sunday, you're speaking to them another way and, and, it's, and it's meeting them and you know it's meeting them where they're at. Uh, not that you're preaching on them, but you're understanding where they're at. So you're understanding the word the Lord has you bringing is impacting them. And then, you know, maybe they're in some other small group environment that you're leading or a leadership group or whatever. Uh, it, you know, then you're speaking to them in that environment too. And it's the same consistent thing that's coming across to meet their need. So we have to be aware that, you know, it's not just like, okay, so everybody in this environment that I'm currently speaking to is getting the same thing at the same place. And it's, it's quite the opposite. Everybody is, if we're doing it right and we're doing it under the unction of the Holy Spirit, then the things we're saying, the questions we're asking, the things we're talking about are, are hitting people at different places at different levels of intensity. And so we have to be aware of that so that we can understand like, okay, what's the next step for this person? Um, you know, what's the next step for these 10 people or this, these 50 people, whatever it is, like you, you need to be able to have an awareness in the Holy Spirit that, you know, you're not just, everybody's not getting it the same way that you're saying it. So that's the second thing. He was aware of where people were at. He was able to guide them, uh, you know, relationally, um, and, and have a presence with them that was moving them forward in their, in their entrance into the kingdom. The third thing goes along with that. He had a high situational awareness. So wherever he was at in his day, whenever, whoever he's interacting with, uh, he's on the road, he's with his disciples, he's in public, he's in the temple, he's on a mountainside, he's in the lake, whatever it is, he's, he's really aware of what's going on around him. So Perception is profoundly important, you know, 
in the rabbinic process. Understanding the integrated interrelationships of you as the pastor or leader, uh, the people you're discipling, the setting, uh, the motives that people have, the agendas uh, that are involved, you know, the moment in life, it all wraps together become the curriculum, uh, the thing that God is using to teach someone. Uh, the other night, I was uh, meeting with someone here in my home, uh, with someone else, and walking um, the one person through uh, some things in their life. And so we walked around, uh, it was a beautiful evening, we walked around the gardens that we have here in, at our home. It's just, they're beautiful. It's um, a very diverse, eclectic uh, English garden structure that the previous homeowner had put together, and we've kind of augmented that and enhanced it. And, and so I, I get a lot of joy of, of kind of the little God's acre that we have here. Uh, and so we were walking around, and we were talking about different plants and different flowers and different bushes and what was doing good and what wasn't doing good and what I'd been doing to trim trees and as we circled the house and came back around, we're going to sit on this nice screen porch. And the person said to me, so is my life like your yard? And I said, what do you mean? And they started talking about uh, the yard and their life as, uh, as uh, co-joined metaphors. And, and I said, yes, that's exactly why we took around uh, a walk around the yard, because I wanted you to see uh, what... Uh, God was doing in your life. And so, you know, they had the opportunity through the setting, through the environment, through the conversation, um, through the, the stream of discussions we've had over the past couple months concerning the things they're dealing with, they were able to integrate that and, and it became very real to them and they understood to a degree what God's up to. And so, you know, Jesus had this intuitive ability to discern where his listeners were at, to know the motives, to kind of gauge the room. And it empowered him to effectively, you know, care for the people and minister to the people that he had present with him. So I think of different environments like, you know, he uh, sees Zacchaeus up a tree. He's just had a fight with the Pharisees. He, says, who is that guy? And finds out he's a tax collector. And all I could think Jesus is thinking inside. It's like, perfect. Hey, come down here, Zacchaeus. I have to have dinner with you. So he goes into Zacchaeus' house. And the Pharisees won't come in because he's a sinner. So they crowd the door so nobody else can get in. And Jesus is talking to Zacchaeus, but he's also talking to the Pharisees. And so back to that multidimensional relational presence. And made it up with the high situational awareness. So we have to be able to walk through the day and interact with people and see, like, okay, what's God doing right now? What's he doing in this person's life? And, and how do I partner with him in that? You know, if you go back into earlier, um, into earlier blogs, you'll find one on four questions. And, and that talks about it, like, you know, what, who is this person in Christ? What's Christ doing in them right now that, that I can partner with? And what's Christ want to do through this person that I can facilitate? And, and then, the fourth one is, how is this person doing in community? And so as you're aware of what's going on around you, can you begin to evaluate those things in your head and get those questions um, asked uh, of the Lord and of the situation? And you're able to utilize any situation that God presents to you as an opportunity 
to engage someone. So that third skill is really huge. Fourth one is effective uh, dialogical facilitation. So Jesus had a really deep knowledge, of course, of the Torah, his ability to be present and his skills of listening kind of all wrapped together in combined to allow him to be a really effective uh, uh, person in, in a dialogue with someone or a group of people. So his ability to speak in any environment like that was based on that supreme situational awareness that we talked about and allowed him to flow easily in the moment and then dialogue with others. And so basically the conversation, the ongoing conversation, especially with his disciples in different environments, really facilitated them coming to awareness of what the kingdom was about. So the ability to have that conversation is kind of a capstone piece of really engaging people directly as God opens the opportunity. You know, when you look at these four skills, right? So we just come to you again, intentional listening, the multidimensional relational presence, the high situational awareness, and the effective, you know, um, facilitation of dialogue. Those four things are really, really key to that direct action that's required with people in this moment in time. And back when we were in the house church that I mentioned earlier, we used to joke and call it hand-to-hand -hand ninja pastoring, that it wasn't just like something done in a big meeting or something that was done on Sunday, but the depth of engagement and the proximity of leaders uh, to the people they were caring for was so intense that, that you know, it was, it was really person-to-person -person and you were really you're really dealing intensely with the things that people have in their life that they are trying to move past and get beyond and the, the exploration of the kingdom that they were involved in. It required a lot of skill, a lot of finesse. That's why we called it ninja. But that hand-to-hand -hand combat with the issues in their life was key. And so I think we're in that place. And I think, you know, we need to do that hand-to-hand -hand ninja pastoring and it, hand-to-hand -hand ninja discipleship that takes a lot of skill, a lot of engagement, uh, where you are really going to deal with the stuff that people have on board. And, and the key in this too, I think, is to not give up until it's done. Not to stop until Jesus says. So with people that I'm, I'm walking with, we kind of set out a plan. Hey, let's look at this for two, three months and meet on a regular basis and walk through the stuff. And then let's reevaluate. So, but like, we're not going to stop until this is done. We're not going to stop until it's resolved. And when someone is willing to go there and willing to engage in that level of discipleship, you have to be ready to engage. Uh, they have Shema Levat. They have the hearing heart. They have a desire uh, for, for freedom and wholeness and maturity and effective engagement in the kingdom mission. And they want that. So if they want that, uh, especially like during this Cairo season that's happening where people are just, yeah, I want to do this. We need to take advantage of that opportunity and engage in the rabbinical process of Jesus and these things that we've talked about so that we can see the kingdom move forward quickly. And God is doing a quick work. So remember, there's an opportunity God is presenting you with in the lives of people around you, even in the midst of the age of COVID, that requires an immediate direct engagement on your part with them as people, as couples, or as families.
and don't let up until you see the kingdom come. God bless. Have a great week.